0: This morning, I want to continue in our, our series on the book of Colossians. I want to start by saying this you need, to, you need to listen to your soul, not your circumstances. You need to listen to your soul, not your circumstances. You need to leave selfishness behind. I think what we need to do is we need to learn that not only God, or that, on, that only God, can meet all of your needs. I think that we need to remember that, you know, that we need to look to God's word every single morning. I think that's extremely important for us to look to his word. I think that we need to learn, and this is a, sometimes this is a hard lesson to learn, but I think we need to learn that God is enough. And I really wish more of you would have said amen to that. We really do. We really need to learn that God is enough, that that love and praise of God more than the, the love and praise of people is what we want. I think that we need to, to, to long for God above everything else. And, and here's what the Apostle Paul had to say to us about that. He says, I know what it is to be in need. He says, and I know what it is to have plenty. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul had learned the secret of contentment. See, the, the idea of, of being content in any and every situation has been on my mind for quite some time. Um, you know, it's it's the it's whether or not you're you, you're going to be able to find a place to live. It's whether or not you're going to be able to have enough when you retire. It's whether or not you're you're in this economy. Just whether or not you're going to have gas. We came down from Williamsport this morning. I filled my truck up yesterday. Sixty some dollars to fill my truck up. We got all the way down here. It's almost on empty. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, wow, I need to get a different vehicle. <laughs> and it, it's, you know, but it's being content with what we have always, you know. And so so I, I just, I think that we need to be really careful. We need to be content um, with what the Lord has sent us. To be content is to be satisfied with your possessions. To be satisfied with your status. To be satisfied with your situation. How many of you are content? You don't need to raise your hands on that one. It means you don't long for things that you don't have. And sometimes that's hard. Uh, You're happy not pining away or craving something else that you think will make your life better. You know, because we all do that. Being satisfied in, in every situation Kinda seems like a pretty tall order, doesn't it? How can you be satisfied when you you don't have the support, or when when life seems to be just unfair, you know, or or it seems to be unpredictable, or when stress is bearing down on you? How many of you are living a stress filled life right now? There's a. There's at least one hand. There's one of you is being honest anyway. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we got a bunch of hands here. The, the stress-filled life, you know, that, that's, that's tough when it's bearing down on you. or Or when your relationships aren't going the way that you want them to go. <laughs> that happens a lot. So... So how do you handle these these situations faithfully without succumbing to anger or, or, or succumbing to bitterness or maybe even giving up your faith altogether and just walking away from it? Because some people do that. Life won't always go the way you want it to. And if I'm honest with you and with myself, Even when life does go the way you want it to, most of the time we're still going to be discontent and always want more. I wonder why that is. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I don't know, I don't know why that is, but, but I think that, I think that it is, you know, a, a lesson I continue to learn. And I think it's a lesson that we all, need to continue to learn is that my relationship with God is the one that can truly satisfy my soul. Everything else in life comes and it goes. But if I can learn to build a relationship with God that's that's satisfying, <clears throat> I can be content in any every situation. And that's exactly what was happening to Paul. He had learned the secret to that. Because it was his relationship with, with Jesus Christ, it was his relationship to God that held him in check all the time. And he knew that. Life isn't always going to go the way we want it to. How many of you remember this song by the Rolling Stones? I can't get no satisfaction. When was that song written? Does anybody know what, when that song was written? I know. Do you know? What's that? That wasn't too too far off. 1965. I was a youngin' then. I was like four years old when when that song was written. 58 years later, folks, are we still saying I can't get no satisfaction? Think about that. How many of you can relate to that song? You know, like I said earlier, finding satisfaction in life isn't easy. It just isn't. All around us, people are searching for something to give their life this this boost, you know, to give it meaning, to give it fulfillment. And actually, few people, I think, sometimes seem content within their own selves. You know, so a, a strange and often hard to identify inner Vacuum, I call it, gives people an uneasy sense of incompleteness. And you know what? It starts when you're young. Think about that for a minute. Even as kids, we experience it. Think back to your childhood. Now, I know for some of you that's going to be a stretch. But think back to your childhood for a minute, okay? Did you ever have that Red Ryder BB gun experience that Red Rider BB gun experience. You remember the Christmas story when Ralphie wanted a Red Rider BB gun with that compass in it and, and, and something else. I don't remember what else was it, but he wanted that BB gun and he was going to do anything and everything that he could get it. Was there ever a toy that you wanted more than anything you've ever wanted before? Think about it. It was the toy that would end all toys. <laughs> And you were convinced that if mom and dad were to get this toy, you would never, ever ask for another toy so long as you lived. This toy would literally change your life. You wanted this toy so bad that it was at the top of your Christmas list, and you gave your mom and dad that Christmas list in July, and you bugged them, July, August, September, October, November, I want that toy. It's at the top of my list. You know, it just, it was the toy to end all toys. For me, I couldn't narrow it down to one toy. <laughs> I had three toys that would end all toys. The first one was this. The Crossman Model 760 Powermaster .177 pellet BB gun. I loved that gun so much. And I want to tell you, there were a many pigeons whose lives were ended by that gun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the second toy, this was probably one of my favorite, was the Mattel Vertebird Coast Guard Rescue Ship. Did anybody ever have this toy? Raise your hand if you had that toy. I loved that toy. If you notice back here, on the back part of the ship were the, the controls, and it was a, a, a helicopter that was tethered to the ship, and it would... Basically, all I did was go around in a circle. You know, you could make it go backwards, forwards, up and down. And you were to rescue the, the little, the little guy that was out in the, in the water there. It had a little hook on the, on the, on the um, helicopter. That was so much fun. Then, and the third gift that I, that I really loved was in 1972, Atari Video Console came out with the Game Pong. Did anybody ever have that one? (laughs) I loved that thing. That was so much fun for uh, like a week, you know. (laughs) My problem was, is getting people to sit down with me because, they oh, that game's too boring. Come on. Well, I don't like that game anymore. But, you know, I I loved those toys and I I played with them every day. I mean, every day for about two weeks. (laughs) And then they ended up just being another toy. I would either put them under my bed or put them in the closet or they would end up in the toy box. You know, the thing is, folks, every single one of those toys that I had just did not deliver the lasting satisfaction that I longed for. You know, it, it didn't fill the void, that's for sure. Not, not one bit. So many of us can go our whole lives stuck in that cycle. Absolutely stuck. We have the, the the sense of incompleteness or or this void in our lives, and and we will try to fill it with all sorts of things. Absolutely, for some it may be a re, a, a relationship or a marriage. You know, we think that we're incomplete because we don't have a spouse, and once we meet Mister or Miss Wright, that we're going to be whole. We're just going to be whole. For others, it might be that ideal job. If, if we just had a career where we felt like we were doing something worthwhile, then we'll be satisfied. Or maybe it's someone who, they, they really want a child, they've always wanted a child, and you, you try and try to have children, and you think if God would just give us a child, then, then our lives will be complete. Of course, I could continue on and on and on with different things that we would want that would make our lives feel complete. And and some of those things that we try to fill the void with are healthier than others. For you see, some people try filling that void with with alcohol and with drugs and with sex, and, and nothing can really ever satisfy. Religion, I hate to tell you this, religion can't save us. Who can? That's right. Religion can't save us. Rules can't change us. Morality can never give us hope. Philosophy is never going to fill us or fulfill us. Money will never give us contentment. Some of the most dissatisfied people that I know that I've ever met are people who have more money than they know what to do with it. And yet they're, they're, they're so miserable. I mean, read some of the stories of people who have won the lottery And, and where they, where they've ended up. It's horrible. So, so money can't give us contentment. Success in life won't give us everything that we're looking for. No human relationship will ever truly complete us no matter what Jerry Maguire says. Remember that movie? You complete me. You had me at hello. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. It's not true. So what's the answer? How do we finally fill that inner void? Folks, you know the answer. I'm going to say it, but you know it before I even say it. The answer is and always will be Jesus. No matter what, it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Remember last week we talked about this song. Is Jesus all the world to you? Jesus is all the world to me. Last Sunday, we began this series through the book of Colossians, and Paul begins his letter to the Colossian church by outlining exactly who Jesus is and his place in the universe, in the church, and in our lives. If you remember, he explained that that Jesus is the fullness of God. Remember he talked about that? He is He is the fullness of God. He is our creator who spoke the universe into existence. He is our commander in chief. Joe Biden is in it. Donald Trump is in it. Jesus is it. He is our commander in chief. He is the head of the church and he is the head of the cosmos for that that matter. And he is our reconciliator. He reconciled us to God through the blood on the cross. And if you remember, we talked about this a little bit, the fact that that Jesus is our mediator. There is no other man. The Pope, isn't it? Bob Hart, Jerry, Johnny, whoever. We are not it, guys. It's Jesus. I think about when Jesus was hanging there on the cross, suspended in air between God and man. He was the one who set the record straight for all of us. He is the mediator, no one else. But here in chapter 2, Paul goes a step further and he explains not just who Jesus is, but what he means to us and how to find fulfillment or satisfaction in Jesus Christ. Here's what he wrote. He wrote in Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And I didn't give this to you, Chrissy, but that's all right, because I'm going to read it in a little bit here too. He writes, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been bought, brought to fullness. Uh, the, the good, uh, the, another translation for that says this. God made you complete in Christ. He made you complete in Christ. Another translation, which um, I thought was pretty interesting, said this. It says, so you have everything when you have Jesus. You have everything when you have Jesus. In other words, we ought to experience a sense of fulfillment and completeness in this life if we find Jesus Christ in Jesus. That's where, that's the key. It's in Jesus. Jesus fills that, that inner vacuum we were talking about a little bit earlier that inner vacuum, Jesus is the one that fills that up. And the question again, and the statement I made earlier is, is Jesus enough? Jesus is enough. You just have to make him that way in your life because Jesus is enough. Unfortunately, not every Christian has that experience. I would say more often than not, a new believer puts their faith in Jesus And they experience that that joy and that peace and that excitement for a few weeks or maybe a few months. And after a while, Jesus seems like he ends up at the bottom of the toy box. You know, why is that? And, And if Jesus really is our all in all, how can we experience completeness in Christ? How can we experience that? And I think, thankfully... Paul answers that question in Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Let me read it for you. He says, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea. You remember when we were talking about um, the churches of Revelation and we were talking about Laodicea? And, and we were talking about some of those churches that didn't have water and so it, it had to go through Laodicea, and, and it had to go to Colossae. Well, um, the the church at Colossians and, and Laodicea, they were pretty close together. And he goes on to say this. He says, and for all those who have not met me personally, he says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He goes on to say, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elementary, um, el- elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Wow. Paul gives us the answer right there to satisfaction. See, I want to share with you this morning three keys, three key ways to experience fullness or fulfillment in Jesus that is found here. The first way is this. The first way to experience fulfillment in Jesus is to continue in him, continue in Christ. Paul writes that in in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 there. He says, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so continue to live in him, so continue to live in him. You know, like I said, what what, what happens in, in the lives of many believers is that they put their faith in Jesus, they accept him as Lord and Savior, and, and they're super excited about it at first, and you can see that when, when, when young Christians are like that. They get really excited about that. You know, it's all about Jesus. Jesus saved me. Jesus loves me. I've got a fresh start. I've got a clean slate. My debt has been paid. I've been redeemed. He tells us that. But then, as the newness wears off in the months and maybe the years ahead, a lot of times what happens is we lose our enthusiasm for Jesus and and just sort of move on to the next new thing. What's the next new thing that's going to make us happy? That's essentially what was happening to the Colossians. They had started this spiritual journey with Jesus, but now they were being lured away... By all these these other worldviews and, and religions that that promised fulfillment and satisfaction, there was there was Jewish legalism, there was Eastern philosophy, there there was um, the pagan astrology, there was mysticism. Colossae had become this what I would call a, a melting pot of philosophy and religion. That's what they had become. Some. So some of the Christians may have been thinking, well, you know what, I tried Jesus and that was pretty cool, but I'm going to try some emperor worship, or maybe, maybe I'm going to try astrology. And what Paul is saying is, no, don't do that. You started in Jesus, continue in Jesus. That's what it's all about. Continue in him. In other words, a wishy-washy Christian is never going to experience satisfaction in Christ. It's all about being all in. You know, if you if you want to experience the fullness of Jesus in your life, you've got to be all in. You've got to be all in. It takes commitment, complete commitment and total dedication, 100%. You know, Jesus doesn't want to be Lord and Savior of some of your life. He wants to be Lord and Savior of all of your life. There was an MSNBC had a a report on the new vegetarian. See, this lady here, her name is Christy Pugh. She's age 28, and she captured the report when she said this. She said, I usually like to eat vegetarian. I'm sorry, but but then she went on to say, but I really like sausage, or I really like bacon. (laughs) And the question I have is, who doesn't, you know? She represents a growing number of people who refer to themselves as flexitarian. That's what they call themselves. Most of the time, they refuse to eat meat, but once in a while, they make an exception. And I want to tell you this. We finally brought our daughter from the dark side to the, to the light she is no longer a vegetarian. She likes to eat, she likes to eat meat. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to rag on those of you who are vegetarians because, you know, it isn't bad, but I like bacon. So anyway, let me get back to this. <laughs> Christy explains it this way. She says, I like vegetarian food, but I'm not 100% committed. She said, I'm not 100% committed. Flexitarian is a good way to describe how many people or how, how many people today view their commitments? You know, they're flexible, they're flexitarians. You know, flexitarians are committed until it becomes inconvenient or uncomfortable or until something else catches their eye. And that's the way some Christians approach their commitment to Jesus. And so you may hear them say, you know, I want to follow Jesus, but... Don't ask me to forgive the person who hurt me. You know, don't don't ask me to release that bitterness and resentment. I I, I just I'm not going to let it go. You know, I want to follow Jesus, but don't ask me to give a percentage of my money. You know, I, I worked hard for that. You know, I, I'll follow Jesus, but 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 don't talk to me about my personal life. That's my business. Don't tell me what I can and cannot do. You know, I love Jesus, but this area of my life, well, when I'm with these these set of friends, when I'm at this place, I'm just, I can't be 100% committed. You know, life in Christ isn't something that you can do part-time, that you can do halfway. It just isn't. It's really all or nothing it it really is. You know, Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, there he says, as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so continue to live in him. You know, continuing in Christ is the first key to finding fulfillment in Jesus. Paul brings up a second. The second way to experience fulfillment is connecting to Jesus. It's making a connection you know whether we are talking about a cell phone or a fuel line or an electrical appliance or like yesterday I'm standing there eating my bowl of cereal looking out into the woods and there's no electricity and I started thinking how do those people in the early days that didn't have electric how did they do this and they were they were true heroes <laughs> Because man, I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I don't have enough, I don't have electricity to get a shower. I don't have electricity, you know, I want to open the refrigerator door and shut it really quick because I don't want the cold air to escape. You know, connections are vital. And the same is true in our spiritual life. If, if we want to experience satisfaction and fulfillment, we have to connect to Jesus Paul continues in, in Colossians chapter two, verse seven, and I'm using the new living translation here. He says, let your roots grow down in him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. That's what Dan, Dan was using that, that, um, the New Living Translation this morning in his in his communion meditation and and I think sometimes that that translation really hits home with what I'm talking about. This is such a beautiful picture of the intimacy and the connectedness that Christians ought to experience with Jesus. Right there, what he's saying that let your let your roots grow deep in Him, grab it around there and hold tight to Him, and let your life be built on Him. In fact, Jesus himself used a similar illustration when he said that he is the vine and we are the what? The branches. And and, and the only way for us to bear fruit is to stay connected to the vine, which is Jesus. That's in John chapter 15. You know, Jesus is our lifeline, funneling his love and his peace and his power into our lives through his spirit. If you uproot a plant, how many of you have ever done that? How many of you have ever uprooted a plant and how, see how quickly it dies? You know, if, you don't, if you uproot a plant, disconnecting it from the life giving soil, it's going to wither and it's going to die eventually. Sometimes it, it dies really quickly. Disconnect a, a Christian from Christ and you'll see the same thing happen to their spirit. Prime example. You're doing your Bible study, and then two or three days passes and you don't do it. How do you feel? Do you feel disconnected? Like you need, like you need that source, that power to plug back into? I know that there have been times where, where I have felt that, you know, we get disconnected, and, and so you need to connect back to that source, because Jesus is the connection. Jesus is the one where we get that, that true life-giving source from. Your, your relationship with Jesus is just that. It is a relationship. Relationships only grow and deepen when we stay connected to one another. Sarah and I, we have been married for almost 40 years. That's a long time that she's had to put up with me. Forty years. You know, Dixie's over there giving hers. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You preach it, man. You just keep preaching that, buddy. (laughs) But we've been we've been married for almost forty years. So imagine if after we said our vows and exchanged our wedding rings, we continued to live in separate homes. You know, we might get excited when we run into each other at Walmart or even on a date every once in a while, and, and you know, But most of the time we would spend our time apart because we're not living together. So how satisfying and fulfilling does that relationship sound? Not not very, does it? No, not at all. And it probably wouldn't last very long either, would it? Definitely not 40 years. No way. If you want to have a meaningful marriage, you have to put time and energy into each other. You just got to. You have to be together. You have to spend time. You have to communicate. Well, the same is true in our relationship with Jesus. You get out of it what you put into it, folks. So so how do we stay connected to Jesus? How do we stay connected to him? I think the first and most obvious way is through prayer, through worship through spending time in his word. Those are three things that I can think of right off the top of my head. You remember that old Verizon commercial when the guy was walking all over the country? There he is. Everywhere he goes, you know, he would, he would walk, you know, a swamp in, in Florida, an office building in Los Angeles, a sewer in New York. Sounds like New York. A, a cornfield in Illinois. But everywhere he went, he would say this. Can you hear me now? Good. He would always say good after that. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. Prayer is our wireless connection to Jesus. You, you can be anywhere on the planet alone in your room behind the wheel of a car. Now, for some of you though, I'm just going to say this. You probably don't want to do that behind the wheel of a car. But if you, if you know, if you can do two things at one time, then okay, go for it. But most of the time, you know, I would say don't if you, if you can't do that. You could be in the middle of a meeting or in a classroom full of kids and and you can turn your mind towards heaven. And all you, all you, all you can need to do is say, Jesus, I just, I love you. You know, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm confused and frustrated right now. Jesus, I just want to thank you. We can do that anytime, anyplace, anywhere we want. You know, relationships require communication. That's how we connect. And that's what Jesus wants. Prayer is our means to communicating and connecting with Jesus. But guess what Scripture is? Scripture is His way of communicating with us. Do any of you have that friend who is always talking about themselves? You know, their, their problems, their their plans, their, their needs, and you can never, ever get a word in edgewise. Do you know anyone like that? Well, let me tell you something, folks. Sometimes we do the same thing to Jesus. Maybe a lot of times we do the same thing to Jesus when we pray, but we don't open the word of God and just listen to what he is saying to you. Do you ever just open his word and just look at and, and read something and just listen and wait for him to say something to you. Something's going to pop up in your mind. That's what he wants. You know, he, he's trying to communicate with you, with us. That's what he wants. That's what his desire is. He wants to communicate with you. The best thing that we can do to connect with Jesus is to set aside a bit of quiet time every day and pray intentionally and intentionally get into his word listening for him Jesus says this in John chapter 15 verses 9 through 12 he says as the father has loved me so I've loved you now remain in my love if you keep my commands you will remain in in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love I have told you this so that that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. You want to remain complete. In other words, when we are walking in obedience and loving other people, we are actually drawing closer to Jesus. That's what we're doing. Our roots are growing deep down into him and we are building our lives upon him so, so, so through prayer and worship and, and scripture and obedience and, and showing his love to other people, we can strengthen our connection to Jesus. Continually can, uh, strengthen that connection. When we stay connected to him, we can experience fulfillment and satisfaction. And there's one last thing that Paul mentions here. The third way that we can experience fulfillment. And that is this, to be captured by Jesus. To be captured by him. You know, first, we have to continue in Jesus. Furthermore, we have to be connected to him. And finally, we need to be captured by him. Notice what Paul says there in Colossians 2 8. He says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. You know, this word translated here, if you look at this word translated, Captive or, or captured in this verse has the idea of being kidnapped and carried away. At, at a spiritual level, that's, that's what was happening with many of the Christians in the, at the church in Col- at Colossae there. You know, like, like many of the Stoic and the Epicurean philosophers, the, the Colossians loved sitting around philosophizing. That's what they like to do. They like to exchange ideas and thoughts and theories about life and the universe and everything. And don't get me wrong, there there is nothing wrong with exchanging ideas or the pursuit of wisdom and knowledge. There's nothing wrong with that. But the problem was many of their thoughts and theories weren't true. They, they weren't true. They weren't grounded, they weren't grounded in in reality and they weren't consistent with Christianity or a biblical worldview. And yet many of the Colossians were getting caught up and they were getting carried away. They were being captured away from, uh, with these new and, and novel ideas. You know, and, and unfortunately, folks, this still happens to unsuspecting Christians today. You know we we have an endless list of worldviews parading in our culture today. You know, you name it, we've got it. There's there's deism, there's there's naturalism, there's materialism, there's existentialism, there's Eastern uh, pantheism, there's Satanism. You know, there there's the New Age, there's new consciousness. Uh, added to those other religions, you're you, you, maybe we're talking about some some cult that, that we would consider cults, or Mormonism and, and Jehovah's Witness that, that are parodies of Christianity. And then, and then there's, there's Islam. Islam is, is violently opposed to Christianity at every turn. Then you have Scientology and Kabbalah, which give celebrity endorsement. When you think of Scientology, who's the first name you think of? Tom Cruise, exactly. John Travolta. He was one of them. So, you know, so they, they give celebrity endorsements. Perhaps, the greatest lie of postmodernism is that it just doesn't matter what you believe. That, that truth is relative and what's true for you may not be true for me. That's all lies. Guess what? They're all ways for Satan to capture you. That's what they are. Countless Christians have abandoned their faith, leaving Jesus at the bottom of the toy box in exchange for these and other empty philosophies and these high-sounding nonsense philosophies or religions. But what Paul is saying is this. If you're going to get carried away, if you're going to get captured, get carried away or get captured by Jesus... That's what he tells us. You know, There, there is more to Jesus than we could ever wrap our minds around. You know, if you're going to sit around philosophizing, talk about Jesus. Talk about the deity of Jesus. Let, you know, let's, let's talk about hu- the humanity of Jesus. Let's talk about the compassion of Jesus. Let's talk about the love of Jesus. Let's talk about the mercy and the grace of Jesus. Let's talk about the cross of Jesus. Let's get caught up and carried away by Jesus. Because it should be all about Jesus. And the question I have for you is this. Is Jesus all the world to you? Is he all the world to you? I'm going to have the band coming forward right now. And as we continue here, we were designed and we were built to find fulfillment in Jesus. That's why so many people, maybe even some of us here today, have felt like there is something more. There's something missing in our lives. You know, it, it, it it's Jesus that can save us. It's Jesus that can change us. It's Jesus that fills us and fulfills us. It's all about him. He meets our deepest longings for, for something more. And so if you miss Jesus, listen to this. If you miss Jesus, you miss everything. But if you find Jesus, if you continue in Jesus, if you stay connected to Jesus, if you allow Jesus to capture you, then you have found everything. If you forget everything that I have said this morning, but if you can remember this one thing, then you will be better for it. And that is this, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. With him, you find satisfaction. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. When I am sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad because he's my friend. I read verse four last week. I want to do verse two today. Jesus is all the world to me. My friend in trial sore. I go to him for blessings and he gives them to me or and ore. He sends me the sunshine and the rain. He sends me harvest, golden grain, sunshine and rain, harvest and grain. He's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me. I want you to pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, we praise you for who you are. You are our strength You are the shield about us. You are our help in times of trouble and our hope for tomorrow. Jesus, you are our all in all. And I just pray that you would enable, empower us to continue what we started the day we accepted you as Lord and Savior. Help us to stick with you, to connect with you personally and intimately. And Lord, let us be captured by you heart, mind, and soul. Let us seek satisfaction and find fulfillment in you and you alone. Jesus, you are enough.